0: Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Every year... Thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me, before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello there, and thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Health Mystery Solved. I know that everyone is on different parts of their journeys, but one of the things that I hear most often from those that have recently started their journey and those that have been on it for a while is that they are on information overload. I know it's one thing not to know what to do because there isn't any information, but it's something else to not know where to start because there's too much information. Of course, we never say no to information, but when it comes to Hashimoto's, it's important to know where you're getting that information to make sure it's correct, but also know what to do with that information. There's so much out there on social media, books, podcasts, summits, and the like, And a lot of the information is in fact good, but the problem is as good as it may be, if you don't do anything with the information and you don't know where you can jump in and get started, it doesn't really do much good, right? So if you feel like you've read a lot, seen a lot, and perhaps even tried a lot, but are still not getting the results and don't know where to start or where to go next, I want to share some simple things that you can start implementing Right now, if you've been following me for a bit here on this podcast or on IG, and by the way, if you're not, I'm at Inatopolar on Instagram, so let's definitely connect. You've probably heard me say that supporting Hashimoto's needs to be a twofold approach. And just in case you haven't heard, let's do a quick review. Hashimoto's is when your immune system attacks your thyroid, and this attack causes your thyroid to get damaged. And because it gets attacked and is getting damaged, it becomes slow. And then eventually it can get completely destroyed. The reason why we have so many different symptoms is because the symptoms with Hashimoto's typically come from both places. The first is the slow thyroid that is created from the thyroid attack. And then the second is actually the inflammation that the immune system is creating because of the attack. And that inflammation can be on the thyroid itself, but also on other areas of the body. And so since the symptoms come from these two things, we have to address both things. We need to support the thyroid and we need to support the immune system to slow down and hopefully even stop that thyroid attack. That's very, very important. Most doctors, though, are able to support thyroid itself, but supporting the immune system is much less common, especially if you're seeing more of a conventional practitioner. This is just not something that they're well-versed in, and that's why the support is quite rare, unfortunately. In order to support the immune system, we want to look at immune triggers. And these are things that get the immune system confused in the first place and then trigger the self-attack. There are many, many, many different kinds of triggers, but they could be divided into four main categories. So we have foods as one of the triggers, we have stress, we have toxins, and we have infections. And so foods are the things that we may be eating that our body may not like. These could be things like gluten or dairy or soy. And of course, there's many other foods as well. Stress is anything that we're exposed to emotionally, but we also have a lot of physical stressors. Toxins are all of the different things that could be coming from our environment, our food, and how well our liver is working and processing them. And then infections aren't just things like a cold that you have or a flu, but they could be chronic infections too, such as gut infections. People can have parasites or bacteria or yeast, which is also known as Candida. And so these chronic infections are there And if the immune system can't deal with it because essentially it tries to deal with them, but the infections are kind of there for a long time and they're more chronic, the immune system could become confused after trying to deal with it for so long. For some people, it could be weeks, months, even years. There is a lot here. And so to prevent more information overload, I want to focus on one of these, which is stress. Stress plays a huge role in so many areas of health. And for Hashimoto's, being that stress is one of the big, big triggers, it's very important to address. I know stress is everywhere and I know it's hard to avoid, but I also know that two people can be exposed to the same stressor, but have different reactions and therefore different effects on their body. So the trick here is not the stress that you're under necessarily, but how you manage that stress, how you see it, how you think about it and how you reframe it. Here's one easy thing that you can do right now to help you better manage stress and therefore support this very big Hashi trigger. Take a look at when you use the phrase, I have to. How often do you say it? Where do you use it? Do any of these sound familiar? I have to get to the post office. I have to work out today. I have to clean my house today. I have to do laundry. I have to go here, I have to get this done and so on and so on and so on. Yes, I know there are things that need to be done, but when you use the phrase have to, or possibly also should, which is another big one, it has this sort of urgency and a tone that's almost like all or nothing, right? That signals to the body that if you don't do it, that something bad will happen which is sure to raise your stress hormones. Now this comes from the fight or flight principle, where back in the day, when danger was being chased by lions and tigers, things we had to do were literally life and death situations. We're not being chased by lions and tigers, thankfully. But when our stress hormones elevate, our bodies don't always know the difference and they feel as if we're being chased or possibly maybe in a burning building. This is because what we say and be that saying it out loud to someone else or just in our heads to ourselves or in our thoughts, the things that our brain hears and interprets, it then sends messages about that to the rest of the body. So while I understand that things need to get done, just saying it in a different way will send a different message to your brain and in turn, a very, very different message to your body. And there definitely will be a shift. Let me give you an example. You may be thinking, my house is really dirty. I have to clean it. There's toys everywhere and so on. When using the phrase have to, it's implied then to your body that something bad will happen if you don't clean your house. But will it really? Now, of course I get it. No one wants to live in a dirty house. So how about instead of thinking. I have to clean my house, or I should clean my house, try saying, I get to clean my house today. Because you know what? Not everyone may have a house, and you have one, and this puts you in a state of gratitude for that house, and then you get to clean it. Eating in a certain way is also an important part of Hashimoto's, and I know this is an area that also causes people a lot of stress. If you have been thinking, I have to go gluten free, I should avoid dairy, I really have to eat better tomorrow, I messed up today, etc., etc., yes, these are things that are important. But if you're trying to do it and having trouble and then use those very heavy and very charged words that put even more stress on your body, it will not be of much help. So instead, try saying it and thinking about it in this way today, I choose to eat gluten-free. I choose this because I know that I will feel better. I choose this because I know that when I eat this way, I do better. Or I choose this because I know that gluten can be a trigger and avoiding it will help to lower my antibodies and slow down the thyroid attack. I choose this because I want to feel better. You don't have to use them all, but if you use the word choose in any of the scenarios and anything that can ring true to you, that will make a big difference. It's such a small shift. It's just one word. I choose to, I want to versus I have to, I should. But it's amazing the shift that it will create and the difference that it makes when your brain hears that versus the other. Another very easy yet powerful tool to help with the stress trigger is to notice what you think about when you wake up. As you open your eyes, what's your first thought? Is it what you need to do today, where you need to go, or how things will get done? All important, of course, but your first thought can often shape the flow of your day. I also understand that sometimes telling yourself it's going to be a great day when you know that you're not feeling up for it, or you know that you're having a really busy day may also not resonate. Affirmation could be helpful, but not if you don't believe them. So try this instead. Some of the best experiences of my life have not happened yet. Think about that. What if you say that to yourself? Some of the best experiences of my life have not happened yet. What will I experience today? This way, You're not telling yourself the kind of day that it will be because really no one can know that, but you are being curious in a state of wonder. What memories will I make today? What will I experience? Who will I meet? What will I learn? What will I see? Right? What if today is the day that I make some of these best experiences, so to speak? Yes, it's super simple and it's easy. And I know that it will shift how you feel and how your day goes. Of course, there are other things that you can consider when looking at stress, such as moving your body, meditation, listening to music, talking to a friend, and taking a walk in nature. So of course, don't shy away from those. But if all of that seems like too much to take on at once, these simple things that I talked about, these mind shifts, can really propel you forward. As you address stress, then you can start looking at some of the other triggers like foods, infections, and toxins, as well as really supporting your thyroid for you. And if you need more support and wanted to know much more about these as well as further direction to move forward, I actually have a free training on discovering your thyroid type and supporting Hashimoto's with this twofold approach. And I know that it's going to be helpful for you. And you could watch it at thyroidmysterysolve.com slash trainingregistration-it. I'm going to put this link in the show notes. So if you go to the website, you'll see it there. Or if you scroll down in any of your podcast apps, you will see the link there as well. I know that living with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism is not always easy, but I'm also here to tell you that there is so much that you can do please remember that the answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time on Health Mysteries Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.